Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tales from the Gemini's BT. And you know what? I just turned lemons into lemonade. You're about to find out here in a minute. We, uh, thanks, uh, Malik. I appreciate it. Uh, my guest, my original guest, uh, got, uh, was, fell deathly ill. Hope they're gonna, I hope he's going to be okay. He fell deathly ill. And I was like, who am I going to talk to? And being that it's MotoGP season, GP testing is right around the corner. Who better to talk to than my heart my soul, Miss Vanessa Guerrero, who works for Red Bull Motorsports, who works for RedBull.com. Uh, let's get Vanessa on here right now. I mean, right now. Let's go. Let's get her. Is she, is she clicking in? Here we go. Is she clicking? Ah, there she is. What's up, Vanessa? Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yes, I can. How are you, darling? How are you? Uh- I am good. How are you? I'm doing great. We have a, a, a bet in the studio about how old you are and uh, and uh, why it says you are 27. How old are you? No, I said lower than he, he said lower than 27. Uh, lower than 30. He said, said lower than 30. He says about 25. Why yet you deserve a raise, my man, because I'm 37. Are you serious? Are you? I said I said thirty, and I felt bad saying thirty. I said thirty, and I felt bad. I go, man, she's gonna kill me. I really thought twenty-seven. <laughs> Seriously, I really thought twenty-seven. Wow, wow, and I I do mean wow. And you have the same birthday that Valentino Rossi has, right? Yes, it's just the day before Mark Marquez. Yeah, I'm surrounded. What well, yes. you're surra- you're surrounded by greatness, and that's what you are. Is great. You're surrounded by greatness. <laughs> saying that <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the sandwich of greatness valentino and you and mark you're in the sandwich of greatness how great is that seriously I'm destined for racing <laughs> you were destined for racing and greatness is what you are vanessa and i mean it from the bottom of my heart i mean how great are you if anybody hasn't watched uh red bull you go to red with redbull.com or redbullmotorsports.com you can go to redbull.com or you can also go to the, their youtube channel and at the red bull motorsport youtube channel to watch Inside Pass, which, by the way, there's going to be two preseason episodes, so go watch. Oh, my. I, honestly, if you haven't seen Inside Pass, that, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I have an uh, indoor uh, 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 bicycle at home, and, uh, and I, when I'm getting ready, I watch Inside Pass when we're warming up, and I watch you on that, and I, honestly, it's the most entertaining <laughs> because it, it shows people the human side of the riders. I mean, their sense of humor and how silly they are and how fun it, because, I mean, that's a lot of pressure there on GP, but you get that side yeah. of them that nobody gets, and I think that's why it, it's so much fun to watch, and you're great at that. I mean that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Except it's always good, you know. What? Yeah, go for it. No, no, no. I, I was going to say, the one I watched, and I, we talked about this before, it was the one with Jack Miller. I think it was at, was it Rocco's Ranch? Was it Rocco's Ranch? Yes. The yes. Rocco's Ranch, if you watch it, and they're doing wheelies, and Vanessa crashed, and I damn near fell off my exercise bicycle. <laughs> I go, no. And my heart skipped the beer. I go, no, my baby, no. And I, that's when I realized it could be destined between us, because I, I felt that way when you see, like, you know, something happened to your baby girl, and you go, oh, baby girl, what happened? Aww. And yes, I did. It, 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 no, it touched my heart. And I was like, that's when I realized, you know what? I need to fly across the, uh, the ocean and come to Madrid and, and make that move, I think. Yeah. You're going to really go across the pond? Trust me. Trust me. It, it, would, not, <laughs> it would not be a, a big stretch for me to do it. Trust me. Nothing holds me back here. I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. Be around GP and you in Madrid, my favorite city. I get to be an actor, act in Spanish movies, which are the best movies, by the way. And, and the food, man. Don't, don't, don't forget the food. Well, duh. And we could just feed each other food all day, like tapas. And duh, mm, mm. Did you see qualifying? I know. How about FP3? And we just all day long. How, how great would that be? <laughs> 
Well, I'll be working, though. I can't really feed you if I'm working. Well, when you come back to the hotel room, I'll be that way. I'll be like, hey, guess who's got dinner ready? I mean, honestly, I'll be in a hotel room. I have dinner already laid out so you don't have to go anywhere. And I take your shoes. You got shoes. it all figured out. I do. And I have your shoes. I like you take your, I take your shoes off and put your feet in like a, like a little pot and, and, and put uh, like a, a oil in them and, and massage them because you've been walking around all day and my baby's feet is tired. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that for you. I would do that for you. <laughs> I'll have to consider. I'll have to consider. <laughs> wait a minute, man. Wait, I'm saying all this like, do you have a man? I'm, I'm sorry. I have, I'm saying all this, but. Um, oh, um, uh oh. If you pause, if you pause, it means you do. If you pause, it means you do. Let's just say I'm talking to someone, so we'll see where that goes. Well, good. I hope he treats you with don't the respect. Yeah, I well, I hope he treats you with, with the respect you deserve because you are great. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. All jokes aside, you are great at what you do. And I think we call <laughs> you one of my first guests when this started. And I, I can't remember. Did we do our first one before the pandemic or it started? Do you remember? We did it uh, all, with the pandemic already in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and were, we did, yeah, we're on full lockdown, and we did the first episode you and me together. Yes, and we didn't know how the world was going to change and, and what was going to yeah. happen with the season, yeah. and and then the season started. And what was like when it first started? What did you? What was your takeaway from the season when it first started? Like in, in Hareth, by the way, like in because it so, was. Go ahead. So first of all, like I didn't have access to the paddock and to the riders that I usually have. So we actually traveled to Hareth, so we had to basically film from the hotel room. And uh, the, the difficulty there was that actually the only way we could get footage and content from the writers was we had to drop off our GoPros at the reception desk of the hotel where, where the teams were staying. Mm-hmm. We would just drop them off in the morning and then picking up, pick them up in the evening and then see what they had filmed and come up with and then try to make a vlog out of it, which, you know, was slightly nerve-wracking because you never know what they're going to film. So you never right. know what kind of content you're going to get. So for the first three rounds, uh, we had to work like that. And then for the first Austrian Grand Prix, we were granted access, luckily. And uh, it, was, it wasn't going back to normal because obviously there were still restrictions in place, but mm-hmm. it was a bit easier to work. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Man. So, like, did you ever think it'd get to the point where restrictions were lifted? Uh, I... I thought you know i got encouraged when they said oh they're gonna let ten thousand people in the grandstand you know in mizano so i thought oh maybe there's a chance that you know we might go back to normal but then the numbers the cases oh you know started to rise again in europe so i was like ah no it looks like it's gonna be you know it's gonna remain like this whole season and it's looking like it's gonna still be the same beginning of 2021 at least until the summer it's gonna be the same same restrictions in place yeah, you know, I'm more of a rather safer than sorry kind of person, but I think, I mean, it's just me talking out of my ass, but I really think toward the end of the year, I think they're going to let people in. And I mean, I, I, fingers crossed, but I think toward the end of the year, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about November. I think around November, I think vaccines, if it's anything like the United States, I think, and Europe is smaller, I think vaccines to get out. And I really think, and I'm hoping that Valencia has people there because there's something about, I know the riders don't really like it. It's not really that great of a track, but I just love Valencia <laughs> because it, you know, that that's usually, usually the, 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 uh, the championship decider. And I just, there's something special about that place. And I just love it. You know what I mean? I mean, you have to really, even though they don't like it, it's not really a horsepower kind of track. I just love Valencia for, for what it, for what it encompasses, you know, everything like, okay, it's not your track, but so you got to be on your P's and Q's. What, what do you do to win? Like, I just remember, 
remember being there when uh, Dovey could have beat Marquez and everything happened. Marquez went wide into the gravel and Dovey could have, you know, uh, uh, took advantage of it, but he couldn't pass Lorenzo and they both crashed. And I mean, man, and I was right in front of Dovey's pit and I just remember like feeling like I wanted to cry. And just something, and, that, and that for some reason, I think that was the first or second time I was in Valencia and that just stuck with me. And for some reason, that place is yeah. special to me. You know what I mean? I mean, do you remember end of the 2015 season with the championship decider going down to Valencia between Lorenzo and, and Valle? And oh that was nerve-wracking, man, because there was, you know, that penalty in place in which no matter which position Valentino would qualify in, he would start dead last on that grid. And that was, yeah, that was incredible. Well, you know what? I mean, I don't know if you want to go down that road. But we could talk two fifteen. If you want to go down that road, um, it's up to you because you you have you have access to the riders more than I do. Uh, and no offense, but uh, and and luckily this is uh, National Women's Month, and that's why I have you on. So thank you so much. So they won't like punch you like they would me. You know what I mean? But uh, my, my thoughts on two fifteen are this, and what people don't realize, you know, they say this and that, but you know, Rossi talked about how what Mar did at Phillip Island, but. You know, Iannone was one that took points away from him in Phillip Island. Iannone took points away. And, and if Rossi wouldn't have pulled that move in Mazzano uh, when he was uh, going slow on the racing line and Lorenzo went out on his fast lap, he got, he got a warning. So that's why he got that penalty uh, from from uh, Malaysia. So if he would have just, just played it right, he could have won the chance. If he, if he would have kept his mouth shut, and I hate to say that, I don't as harsh as it sounds. If he would just kept his mouth shut, he could have won a championship. If he wouldn't, if he wouldn't pull that prank, not prank. If he wouldn't pull that move where he went on the racing line and was cruising on the racing line, knowing Lorenzo was on a fast lap, man, and he could have won. And he and he didn't piss off Superman at that press conference and go, yeah, I think uh, Mark is working with Lorenzo. And then that pissed Mark off because Mark knew he didn't have a chance to win. And he pretty much said, I got nothing to lose. And then that's what happened. And then we saw. In that Valencia, when I mean, I, I just remember Petrucci literally looking back, and he saw Rossi, and yeah. he got over for him. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my god! Not I mean, just Petrucci, all of the Italian riders except for Dovi. You know, you know what? Honestly, I, I, what do you? Like I said, I kind of hate going down that road, but since we're already there, I mean, like, what did you think? What did you take from that when that was going down? Because honestly, you, I'm watching it from home, and I'm like, okay, they're getting over for him. But I mean, it's the it's King Rossi. You're Italian. You don't have you don't have a dog in this fight. You're not going to win the championship. Okay, yeah, so I mean, so okay, so put it. If I put myself in an Italian writer's shoes. You know, it's your fellow Italian writer. You know, fellow national. He has a shot. You know, to get his. 10th title, which is what Rossi desperately wants, yeah. I think, uh, you know, to equal Giacomo Agostini. Um, and you have that one shot, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to get in the way of him or are you going to try to give him, you know, the chance to, to take that shot? Obviously, I understand what they what they did. Uh, in terms of racing, is it great? No. It's not right for the show. It's not really fair because it's not racing. It's right. just, you know, like, okay. I mean, it's a, it's a, for me, it was a bit of a disrespect for their teams because the teams had worked so hard throughout the weekend to give them the best setup possible, you know, for the race. And right. they just sort of moved to the side to let Rossi ride. So I can understand both sides. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, you know, it's, you know, it's one for the history books. You said a lot without saying a lot. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I hear you, and that was, be- I mean, like you said, we, you could be a politician, even though we, we promise not to talk politics, because that was a great political answer. And I hear you, it's not great for the show, but 
It's like the last – and you're right, though. The, 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 the crews work hard. I mean, the more I do this, the more I almost feel bad is how annoying I am in the pits. I feel so bad for those guys because they're working so hard. There I am annoying them. But it's like I know, but like I said – uh, you know, if you don't have, if you're not up for the championship, it's like, yeah, do you race these guys hard? I've, I've been there. I've talked to, um, I remember talking to like to, uh, Jonas Folger when it was a Moto 3 championship and he was stuck between Vinales and Renz. You know, it's like he's in that battle. Like, what do I do? Do I stay in their way or whatever? I mean, but I want to win also. It's the last race of the year. I got to make myself look good. So you're caught between that battle. But all I know is I just remember, and it, I just remember Mark, like to me, he, like he, he, he never passed Lorenzo, but it didn't look like he gave his best effort to pass him. And it just looked like, it just looked like that he raced Pedrosa really hard when Pedrosa came upside him and tried to pass him. Like, he raced Pedrosa really, really hard. And and then Rossi came up, and all Rossi had, all, if Pedrosa would have passed Marquez, then Rossi would have won the championship. And Marquez raced Pedrosa really, really hard. And that's all I remember. And then I remember him coming to the pits. And when Rossi came in, they, and I gave him that, that long ceremonial line. Everybody was clapping. And I just remember at home, man, I felt like I wanted to cry. And that was the emptiest feeling in the world, man. When Rossi came in and he had that look, he exhaled, he, he, hugged, his, he hugged his pit crew. And that dude with the bald head, I don't know his name, he looked like he wanted to kill somebody. I just remember that. He got with the bald head in his crew, and he had this look on his face like, I'm going to go and rip his head off. And Rossi came in, and, man, I just wanted to cry. I felt so bad for him because, in a way, I kind of knew. I mean, I, hopefully, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I just felt like that was his last really legit shot. I mean, maybe now. Yeah. You know, maybe now with a new team and he doesn't have his old team, sometimes that's what you need, that shot that shot in the arm. But, you know, he's an old dog. Can he learn new tricks? And that's what's going to be interesting about 2021, I think. It's interesting you mentioned that because he is bringing his crew chief with him from yeah, from Factory Yamaha to the Petronas Yamaha mm-hmm. SRT team. So he is keeping his crew chief. He wasn't able to bring his full crew. Um, because, you know, traditionally, you know, back in the day, the crews would stay and only the rider would move. And then I think it was Casey Stoner who started off that sort of like new like faction of bringing new crew with you, which has been quite popular in the last, you know, maybe five, six, seven years. Um, but Valentino's only going to bring his young young crew chief. It's yeah. going to be his second season with him. So he's going to be able to build on, you know, the relationship they've established, uh, the working relationship they've established already last year. Uh, but yeah, maybe they have, you know, new blood, new energy, new crew, new dynamic. And then he's going to have, you know, Morbidelli as a teammate. So, and they're used to, you know, racing one another at the, at the ranch. At the ranch, see yeah. How, how that dynamic goes. Have you, have you ever been to the ranch? You've been to the ranch? No, no, no. I haven't. You've never been invited to the ranch? I haven't, but I've been to the Texas Tornado Boot Camp in Texas. So I've been <gasps> to Colin Edwards, uh, like ranch. So. D- did you ride? Did you ride? Of course. I've oh, twice. oh my God! Look at you. You flat tracked. Yeah. That's why you gotta love. That's we why you love tracked, Vanessa. We we did a bit of shooting. Uh, we did barbecue. You know, we did the whole bonfire at night. It was really nice. The whole Texas thing. You did the whole Texas. The, the, the Texas yes, trifecta. The Texas trifecta. How did you like shooting a gun? How did you like shooting a gun? How did you like that? I really enjoyed it. Really? I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But the, again, I used to be part of a airsoft club, so. Really? Really? Yeah, and I've done paintball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paint, paintball is fun. We got to do paintball together sometime. <laughs> That'd be fun. Me and you should do paintball. We'll try to destroy each other. How about that? That's 
sounds good to me. That'd be Post-pandemic. great. Pandemic, let's do it. <laughs> yes, I mean, like I said, I really think you know the restrictions, fingers crossed, are going to be uh, you know set aside, and then I yeah, fingers crossed, and then I think the world's going to be open, and which means fans at the at at, at, at the MotoGP races, and it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. What what from last year? What did you take from last year? Like, what was the surprise last year to you? If you can re- like, what really sticks out in your mind? Like, wow, I wasn't expecting that last year. Well, first of all, the one memory I don't think I'll ever erase from my mind was the crash in Austria, in the first Austrian race, uh, oh. that crash between oh. Marco and Morbidelli, and then the aftermath of the bike sort of flying right in front of, of Vinales and Rossi. I think I will never forget that in my life because it was so scary. I don't think I've ever been that scared in, in, in many, many years. Um, so I, I think that that's one of the moments that are like, ooh, never forget and then I was very surprised by Morbidelli's consistency in his performance um, with the Yamaha, given that all of the other Yamaha riders were struggling so much. So for me, that was one of the things that surprised me this year. And then, um, I mean, Mead is not so much of a surprise because we do know that Mead is, is, you know, he is very talented. So we were sort of waiting for him to come. And in a way, I was expecting from Vinales like two, three seasons ago what we are seeing of Mead now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not the only one, and I said this for, and you can ask Wyatt. I said it. I go, man, the one rider I want is Vinales. For some reason, I feel like I connect with him because he said it when he uh, had an interview with Matt Dunn. He was like, you know, I'm a loner, and I don't really. And if you watch him, everybody has everybody else has an entourage except for him, man. He's he's pretty much like like a lone wolf, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is, racing is not an individual sport, and I yeah. and I think that's something that you need to sort of like. Riders need to, I mean, most of them integrate it, is that you have a crew around you. You need to create that synergy. You need to create that magic around you to win that championship because it's all about the package. It's the bike, it's the crew, it's the rider, and it's Lady Luck next to you. It's like you need to have all of that, you know, align for you to, you know, to make everything happen, you know, to get your best shot at a title. So you, you need your crew. You need to create that relationship with them. You can't be a loner. Because I personally, I think that those guys help deflect everything else. You know, like you got you got the helmet guy or whatever. You know, like, like uh, Tom, who's uh, Fabio's uh, right hand man, or the dude yeah. with Jack or whatever. You know, they're really cool go- dudes, but they can be the guys kind of the buffer. You know what I mean? Where all you got to do is yeah. worry about getting out, going on, getting in that garage, and putting a helmet on, and going and doing your job instead of like, oh, I got to do this guy. And I, I just feel if Maverick, maybe it's a trust issue. You know, where he just has to be like, I trust somebody else implicitly. <laughs> to personality you know some people are more outgoing other people are more and you know you know they just like to stay you know you know alone and, and i think maverick is more one of those like introverted kind of persons and um that has an effect you know on the people around you the more outgoing you are the more people are going to feel like they can relate to you because you're more open and you're going to talk more and you're going to yeah you're going to create that bond faster okay well speaking of have you ever had maverick on your show the uh on the inside pass I've had him back in 2019, so it's been a while, yeah. We've, but, okay, yeah, no, he's been on that. What did you take from that? Don't get me wrong. I think Maverick is great, but, but what did you take from that, though? Like, when you like, uh, be, beneath the surface, what did you feel? Did you feel like there was something, like, ah, there's something missing? Or, like, nah, I seem no, I see no. No, if I'm honest, like, when he's, like, relaxed and when he's not talking racing, <clears> he's <throat> super easygoing and he smiles a lot, a lot more than he does in the pit box, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And, uh, no, he was actually a really good sport. Like, I don't see anything missing or anything wrong. I just think, you know, he's a super focused guy to the point that he is, like, hyper-concentrated. And sometimes you need to, you know how, like, 
people always tell you, don't forget to have fun and enjoy yes. what you're doing. Yes, yes. He, he begins to have fun. In a way, I say, that's the feeling. And then again, I'm, we're not super close, so I don't know. But right. I have the feeling that you cannot get to a point that you're so obsessed with the performance that you no longer have fun. And that's when I think that's where the trouble starts. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm, I was listening to a, 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 a podcast with Scott Redding. And Scott Redding said he... He's, it's not fun for him racing. He goes, he goes, the only time he had fun was when he did like a track day and he was, I think, an instructor or whatever. And he goes, I'm actually having fun. I think, and I think Neil Hodgson said the same thing. He goes, I think he, he did like a, he taught a track day or something. He goes, wow, this is fun. But when they're actually racing, I think it's the pressure and having to perform. They have to get a good result or this and that, or this and that happens that we don't know about. And it makes it so, makes it so like it's a pressure cooker they're in. And they have to put that fake smile when they leave the paddock and take pictures and kiss babies. And people don't realize what goes on. So, you know, I I think you stumbled onto something when you said they forget to have fun, but it's hard to have fun when you got all that pressure on you know what I mean yeah I mean speaking about pressure imagine Fabio Quartararo like I can't even imagine the amount of pressure he might be under when he's basically you know he's now on Valentino's you know side of the pit box and you know he's he's replaced him which is quite quite something and there's a lot of expectations that come with that um and you're now a factory rider you're no longer a satellite rider so there's a lot of expectations that come with that. So the pressure, you know, is going to be there for him. So I'm curious to see how he will perform now with, with that added pressure. I feel the same way about Fabio also. I, I feel that Fabio, he had so much fanfare coming into uh, Moto3. And, you know, it just didn't happen. You, I mean, you saw the, you saw the, like, the, the, the promise. Like, okay, this guy, when he gets it, he's going to get it. And I think... Maybe if I'm wrong, maybe uh, it just didn't happen. And then I think his body started changing. He started getting, you know, taller, bigger, whatever. And he got grew that moto. Yeah, he got, grew the Moto 3 bike. Right. And I was like, man, I don't think it's going to happen for him. Then he went to Moto 2. And, you know, it's like, oh, you don't really hear his name. It's like, oh, man. And I just remember I spent my birthday in Barcelona. And I, and, and I don't know, maybe that's the synergy I feel with him. And I remember he got, I think, well, I think he got pulled that race. And then he won it. And, I mean, that emotion he had, man. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons people love him because he's young and he wears his emotions on his sleeve and they counted him out. And what I love about GP is the stories behind the story. And, you know, like you could count him out like it's over for him, whatever. And he never quit. And then you saw the promise in him. Then he got that MotoGP ride. People are like, really, this guy? And now you look at what he's doing. So I think this year will be a telltale sign for him. I really think so also. And I, I kind of wish that crash in Jerez with Marquez, I would love to have seen he and uh, Fabio duel it out. I think that would have been one for the ages. I mean, that race, you know, the comeback on Mark's, you know, that, that Mark was, you know, doing was incredible. I think it's one of the best ones I've ever seen in, you know, the 12 years that I've been in the industry. That was like a great comeback. And had it gotten to that point where Mark and, and Fabio were, you know, taking it down to the last lap, that would have been epic, as he said. Yeah, for sure. Who do you think would have won that last lap battle? Who do you think would have won? Honestly, Mark. I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I said, man, I've, I've seen winners like Michael Jordan, whatever, and that, that different cloth of cut, it's, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, I say Michael Jordan and I say Mark Marquez is a close second. And people obviously in the United States don't know, that's why I'm going to move to Madrid with you, but that, that, that they don't know about Mark Marquez and Mark Marquez is yeah. that cut throw. I mean, I don't know if you saw the picture of him on that front row. He's eyeing. It's a, it's a great picture. He's looking at Fabio with this look I've never seen Mark had before. Like, yeah, I'm gonna bring it to you. And I mean, and that's what you love about Mark that never say die attitude. And I think honestly, with him there, and man, I hope everything goes right. If he's right, 
and, and he's like the old Marquez. And this field, I think, wood. yes, not going <laughs> to. Yes, I think this is going to be the greatest field in MotoGP history. I really think it's the greatest field ever in MotoGP history. I don't think there is a weak team. There's not a weak rider. I think this is the greatest. I mean, what do you think? I think there's been a change of the guard in the MotoGP class. In what way? In what way? In the sense that, um, so Valentino is the, like, the last, let's say, like, golden era of MotoGP. Like, he's, like, the, you know, the last rider from that era. Then, you know, Jorge is no longer there. Danny's no longer there. Dovi's not here this season. Maybe he'll be back next year if he has a chance. We don't know. But everyone from back in the day, Casey's no longer here. So the only one left is really Vale from those years. And now you have Mark, who is also now becoming one of the more mature riders, you know, yes. on the grid. Yeah. Um, alongside Paul Espargaro, Aleix. I mean, Cal's not going to no longer be here this season either. So there's definitely been a change of the guard. And now you see, you know, young up and coming like you know John Mead Alex Rins is now you know he could be a very serious contender also this season for for the title um you know there, there's a lot of you know Morbidelli there's a lot of talent and now you have the three rookies that are coming up which I'm very curious to see what Bastianini Marini and Martin do this year um actually I want to ask you who do you think from the three on on a Ducati are going to get used to the adapt to the bike you know faster uh, the three of them Martin I think Jorge Martin, I mean, he let, to me, he finished up Moto2 last year, the last three races, like a monster. I, I mean, he, he matured to the point. I mean, I, I, in a way, I'm old school like Mark. He said, you got to win the championship, then move up, or you deserve to move up. But the way he was riding, I, I'm going to say Jorge Martin. I mean, I, and I love Marini. <clears throat> he rides like his brother. Excuse me. He rides like his brother. But what Jorge Martin was doing last year, I'm going to say Jorge Martin. How about you? I agree with you. I really? agree with you. I, I, actually, it's going to be a very close call between Martin and Bastianini. I think Bastianini is going to explode also this year in terms of like his performance and, and, and the way he's going to adapt to that Ducati. Ba- People don't realize Bastianini could have won the championship Moto3 that year Danny Kent won. He was in the running, and then he had that, la- that bad spate of races in the last, I think, before the flyaways. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. He was in it. Then I was like, who's this kid? You know, and then he, you know, kind of, uh, the Moto3, like, okay. Then he moved up. I said, like, let's see how this kid does. And then when Moto2 happened, and some people and some people get it late in life, and that's what I say. I'm getting life late. And I think, you know, he's, <laughs> he, he's maturing into his own. Yeah. And, and you look at those pictures and how he is now and how he's matured as a person, as a man. And I'm like, man, the future for this kid and Marini, the future for this kid and Marini, man, I tell you, GP is in great hands. I mean, great hands. But I think Jorge Martinez is going to do something special. I really do. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I can't wait for the first test. Yes. To see what, what they're made of. Okay, so who do you think, uh, who was a surprise last year um, as far as Ryder goes and on what team? Like, like, as far as, like, just performing, good or bad, good or bad. Like, the, oh, I was expecting more from blank, or I thought this person was really going to, uh, and he exceeded my expectations, or I didn't think this person was going to do that so, well. Brad Binder exceeded my expectations winning his first MotoGP race within three races. I mean, yes. that was like, what? Yes. What did he do? Yeah. What? <laughs> that was a, a special moment. I was like, yeah. Did he just do that in Bordeaux? Did he just win his first ever MotoGP race and it's only his third race? Yes. I was like, okay, this is something very special. Yeah, you know. And I, then. No, yeah. no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, and then I was really expecting Fabio to win last year's championship. At the very beginning of the season, you know, taking the two wins in Jerez, I was like, okay, this is it. You know, that's it. Because yeah, I thought it was going to be 
Fabio Ordovi, and then it ended up being Mead, uh, which he, he it's well-deserved. There's been a lot of debate uh, a lot of debate last year in the paddock before he got his first win in, in about, you know, him being a world title, you know, uh, a championship winner without a win. Um, but yeah, that was settled with yes. his first win. But yes. he was consistent, you know. This is the thing. You need to be consistent because most riders, you know, they have like ups and downs, but he was quite consistent, and that's why he managed to get all those points. Well, you know, I, I think with Mir, and I love Mir, and I remember meeting him at the uh, at the rental. We rented from the same rental company in, in Austria years ago when he won the uh, Moto3 championship. And just that, he just got that look. He had it. You know, he had that it. I could just tell when I met him and the way he was carrying himself. Even, even though it was out in public, and he didn't know me from Adam. And I go, hey, man, you know, if I get a picture, he goes, yeah. And he just had that it. And you could just tell this guy's got it. But I think with Mir last year, what people had a problem was he didn't wow people. You know, he didn't wow. Well, Marquez wows you. Like, you're forced to be like, okay, let's see what he's going to do. Where Mir, like you said, he's consistent. I mean, he was nowhere to be seen the first three or four races. You know, seriously, I mean, let's just be honest. And then he started, boom, da-da-boom. And then, you know, got the, got the ball rolling. It's like, it's like a snowball, snowball effect, you know, going down the hill. And I think the, the fact that he didn't wow you, that's what makes people go, eh. But, I mean, he's a great rider. He's, he, I think he's just going to get better. And he, people don't realize the first year, I think he could have got rookie of the year, but that crash in Bruno when he joined the space program in the Czech Republic, that really set him back. Otherwise, I think he would have been rookie of the year. People don't realize that because it wasn't publicized. Yeah, and, there, and there was, you know you know why you have high expectations for this season? Who? It's Jack Miller and that factory Ducati. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, this is it for Jack. I mean, I personally feel like this is it. This is what you wanted. You got the factory ride. You've been with Ducati before with the Primac team. And he had some bad luck. Like, who? The, the, the tear-off and blocking his air vent. Fabio's tear-off, yeah. yeah. Yeah, blocking his air vent. And what, what, else, <laughs> what else was there that happened that was, wasn't his fault? There was something else that happened that wasn't his fault. Um... There was a tear off, and there was something else that happened. Oh, um, he so had I, to retire. I think he he had a DNF. Uh, he had a technical issue. And, and was it the French? Was it the French GP? <clears throat> I think it was the French GP. There was a problem that, that he hadn't practiced, and they knew it was going to happen, and they kept their fingers crossed for the race, and the problem came up. Because I remember him saying that. But, yeah. But Miller, if he didn't have that uh, bad luck, there was no fault of his own. And then Bender crashed him in the beginning of the race. Miller was in it to win it last year. And if he gets consistency on that Ducati, and I think he and that Ducati are like, they're like sugar and spice. I mean, I think they're going to be like this. I think this year is going to be his year. And, and you know what? He is actually keeping his crew chief from Pramac Ducati. He's coming with him to the factory team, Christian Pupulini. So it's a good thing for him. Oh, I can't He's wait. He's carrying that momentum. Hopefully he will carry that momentum by taking his crew chief. I, I think it's going to be great. Okay, so what do you think of Paul? I mean, he's got what he he's got what he wanted now. I mean, that's uh, the uh, what he want. Like he was with KTM, and I felt so bad for him when Bender took all the Bender took all the credit. He's the first KTM winner, and then Oliveira. And Oliveira, to me, he took two wins, man. Two wins. I mean, two thank you, two great. And the funny thing about that is Oliveira talks shit about him. And remember, he said, I mean, Oliveira goes, uh, some people aren't born with intelligence like that, just natural intelligence. And, and Paul read that, and he goes, and the guy didn't even say he was sorry. And, you, and I read that, and he just sounded pissed off when I read that. He goes, he didn't even say he was sorry. And he was in his head. And I'm going to lie, I, I love Paul, but I laughed when I read that. And it had to eat him up inside knowing two KTMs won, and, they, and neither one was him. 
So now this is the thing. It, this is the thing. They have achieved wins on the work he's been carrying for the past five seasons. Yes, he and, and Bradley. And I think that's the bit that hurt. Yeah, him and Bradley. So that's that's I think what hurts the most. That that's the case. You know that they've put in the work. You know for years and years they've had to. You know they had a bike that was still in very early developing stages and. In come these two guys, you know, these two young ones, and they take their first win, and he hasn't. And I mean, that has to hurt. But then again, he's the one getting this factory ride with, you know, Honda, which is the most historically successful team in the MotoGP class, um, which also carries a lot of weight, you know. There's a lot of responsibility, and especially if Mark doesn't start the season next to him, he's going to be the one setting the tone, even though it's going to be Nakagami who has the most experience on the Yamaha. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. I'm intrigued to see, you know, how he performs in the shakedown and, and the test. Well, like the song says, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it all. So, Don't jinx him. Don't jinx no, him. No, I'm not jinxing him. Jinx I mean, you know what I'm saying? I love Paul. My, my nickname for Paul is the handsome bastard. That's what I call him, the handsome bastard, because that's what he is. And he and he's got and he and don't get me wrong, he deserves it. I mean, I, he ran yeah. great. Like he was more. He's the most consistent uh, KTM rider last year. It's just that you know things happen. Uh, he was running a good race in in, in uh, Bruno, and then he get, don't get me wrong, but then he crashed with uh, Zarco's or Zarco. He said Zarco crashed him, right? It was Zarko had something to do with it. I think it was Zarko that ran into him, and he got mad. So, yeah, yeah, it was Zar- yeah, Zar- yeah. Zarko. Yeah, it was Zarko. Zarko's always around bad stuff. It's like if he didn't cause it, he's always around it to the point you go, you know what? I don't really want this guy around. And you know what I mean? If, if I'm going for a championship and, and I look on the grid and he's next to me, I go, oh god, please, please, Jesus. So please. speaking of Zarko, what do you think he's going to be able to do with that Parma Ducati? I think I think Zarko's going to have a good year. I think. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to use that in a way I was watching the, the team, uh, press, I mean, the, the team launch and the way the guy was talking to Martin, I, I, if I was Zarko, I would have been a little pissy. You know what I mean? Like they talked to him, like he was, you know, the bell of the ball. And meanwhile, Zarko's like, Hey, yeah, you know, I've been around too. You know, I, I've, I've done a little bit here and there too. So I think Zarko is going to have his best year in MotoGP. Take that for what it is. I think he'll have his best year in MotoGP. If he keeps it upright on two wheels, I think Zarko will have his best year at MotoGP. Podium? Oh, with this year's field. Oh, my God. I don't know about a podium, but I think he'll, I think he'll have <laughs> consistent top sixes. And that's hard to say, too, consistent top sixes. So I think he'll have his best year. Promac's a good bike. And from what, from what he did with the bike he had last year and going to Promac, I'm going to say Zarko's going to have his best year ever in MotoGP. And I think that, that with them uh, fondling, uh, fodle, fodling, fodling, uh, Martin, fodling. <laughs> Martin, I think that Zarko's going to take that and use that for fodder, and I think he's going to have the best year. What do you think? Hmm. Okay, so I think so far, the best season for Zarko so far to, to date was with the Tech 3 Yamaha satellite. Yeah. Right. Like, um, he, he wowed everyone in his, uh, in his rookie season. He really wowed everyone. He was also outperforming the factory guys, you know, at most of the rounds. So I think so to date, that's his best year. Um, one of the things that Zarko has proven is that he's a rider that adapts really well and really fast to bikes. Because let's not forget, he's ridden the Yamaha. He's ridden uh, the, the Honda, you know, when, when he was replacing Cal. And now he's, he's, you know, he's on a Ducati. So this guy has proven that give him a bike, he, you know, and he'll adapt to it and he will perform. So I think this, you know, he can build on, you know, he's already been with Ducati for a bit. So I think this could be, like you say, his year. 
But we will see because you have very competitive guys in on Ducati. You know, you have Jack. Seco, we'll see how he does because Seco is going to have the pressure of being Italian on the factory Ducati bike. I think that... I think Pecco yeah. would do well. I think Pecco would do well. I, I really do. I think Pecco would do well. But I think the pressure, for some reason, I'm just thinking the pressure goes to Jack. And, and I don't know why I'm saying that, but I think the pressure goes more to Jack than Pecco. And and and, and you're right, though. I mean, no, you, you make a great point because Pecco's an Italian, an Italian bike. Yeah. And, and when they go to Mugello and they go to Mazzano, man, I mean, if, and if the crowds aren't there, that's going to work in his favor, I think. But if the crowds are there, it's like, oh, God, oh God I got to do really well. This is our, you know, this is our cathedral here. But I just think Pecco would do well i mean he did well with Primac last year of course he had you know he had the crash and in that race he yeah. could have won but, at the but same- he's not consistent though he's not consistent that's one of the things about Peko. you know love him and he is talented but he is not a consistent rider like if you rely on him for the points well, if, if he, if, you know, it's all little things. It's the little things. So if he becomes consistent, I mean, he's on a factory bike, so there's no yeah. reason he shouldn't get a top. He, no reason why he shouldn't get uh, fighting for top four, top five, at, at the least, mm-hmm. at the least. So, I mean, you know, pressure either burst pipes or makes diamonds. So we'll see what he's made of, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no offense to Nakagami, but Nakagami, even, but even Nakagami said this, the pressure got to him when he was in, uh, when he was in uh, 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 Aragon, you know, the pressure got to him when he was leading the race and he slid out, you know. He said that in his own words. Yes, but, but we've seen Taka get out of his shell. Like, I think towards the end of last year, we've seen the potential that Taka has. And I think he's going to be very competitive this year because I think he's not going to be afraid of showing his teeth, like we say in Spain, you know, and, and being the fight. Like, I really believe he's going to be there. Yeah. I think I can do it. But here's, here's, and I think he's being disrespected a little bit, but I think Alex Marquez is, and it won't be a surprise, I think he'll have a lot better season than people will give him credit for. Because I think last year, you know, the way he performed in the wet in fr- at the French GP, and then, the he, mind, yeah. and then he came back at Aragon and had a great race. So I really think that, you know, they're sleeping on Alex. I think Alex uh, uh, took to the Honda a little bit quicker than they thought he would. And I really think he's going to have a great year. I mean, I'm looking for Alex to be in, in consistent top fives. Alex is a smooth rider. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? But, you know, I agree with you. And there's one thing, you know, politically speaking, you know, Paul is coming into Honda. So every, all of the eyes are going to be on him in terms of, you know, how well he's going to adapt and perform because everyone's going to compare the way, you know, he adapts to that Honda compared to how Alex performed last year, you know, mm-hmm. with those podiums and those results. And then on the other hand, Alex is stepping down from the factory to the satellite team where there's less pressure, less expectation. And as you said, you know, it's going to be easier for him to, easier than for Paul to fulfill those expectations that people are going to have. And yeah, he's going to have more time to sort of relax and grow into his own in the class. So I see it as a positive actually that he's going to LCR. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he's going to be on the same bike he was on last year, right? So there's that familiarity. he should be. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, he's got that going for him. I just think Alex yeah. is going to have a really great year. I, I really think he's, so. I, I it's hard to say surprise. Last year was a surprise, but this year I think if he keeps it upright, I think Alex could have a tremendous year. I think a tremendous okay. year. So, what do you think of Team Suzuki? Just the team. Oof, they're going to be. Oh, do you mean about in terms of performance or what's going to happen to the team without Davide Brivi and him moving to Formula One to Alpine? All of it. I mean, all, seriously, with him, I mean, how is, it, is that going to, like, you know, is it going to settle uh, the, the stasis, you know, mess up the stasis of the team? So I, so I think he's leaving the team in a very good place in the sense that he has created the dynamic between the Japanese and the European staff. 
Because mm-hmm. Brivio has that key uh, figure. He's a key figure in the team because being a Japanese factory team, but you have also half of your staff is European. You need someone to bridge and uh, to you know to make the connection between the two cultures and two di- very different working cultures. And people might underestimate you know what he has done, and he has done an, an incredible job. So they say they they're not going to replace him with anyone new. They're going to use someone from inside of the Suzuki family. Uh, we'll see how that goes and how that works. Uh, do I think that's going to affect the performance of the riders? No, but it could change the dynamics, which could ultimately affect the, the riders. But not to begin with, because I think they're going to carry the momentum from the end of 2021. And I think Alex Rins has, you know, has something to prove. He has a bit of a chip on, on his shoulders. Yes. You know, saying, I have a competitive bike. My teammate won the title. Why can't I? So yeah. I think there's going to be that and then there's going to be a mere wanting to win a title again but with Mark Sachs. Oh yeah I think that like I said it, it reads like a soap opera it really does come that's why <laughs> I really think the offseason MotoGP the offseason combined with you know the silly season MotoGP just makes it so much like you're literally chomping at the bit if it was like a, a TV series on Netflix man everybody be watching this I mean really uh, because we should, we should Ride to survive instead of driving should be ride to survive. I'm with you. It it should be that way. (laughs) They should. They should make that. They and put it on Netflix and have you do it. Have you host it? Seriously, I'll be happy. I mean, how how great are all the the the, the, I mean the 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 stories going on? We got like I said, we got Polk coming in in the Repsol. We got you know the defending champion that people are like, okay, yeah. But like I said, he didn't wow you. Okay, you got Miller going into uh, the factory Ducati team, but I think he's going to do well. You got Rossi going to a satellite team, but that satellite team has outperformed that factory team, new team. So I think you know. I tell you what, Rossi always usually does well in Qatar. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm hoping he's competitive. I would love to see him get a podium. I, actually, I'd like to see him do a race. I mean, when he, when they counted him out years ago when he came back from uh, Ducati, I remember when he won in Assen. I remember watching that race and crying like a little baby. I remember that, man. It was, <laughs> I was like, because the race is on a Saturday. You know, you do Assen different back in those days. And I just remember, like, watching that race. And I just cried, man. And I had, a, I, had a, I had a woman over, too. And she's like, are you crying? I go, it's time for you to go. I just remember that because Rossi won. And I did. I cried because I thought it was over for him. And he won. So, man, I, how do you think he'll do? How do you think he'll he'll jail with the new team? Rossi, um, he has made changes over the years. You know, when he let Jeremy Burgess go and, and he decided to change crew chief. I think he's going to welcome the change. Um, he has – let's not forget – Do- uh, Dobby, Rossi has adapted to the different, you know, as, as MotoGP has progressed and evolved, he has changed his riding style to adapt to the new era of MotoGP. So I think he will adapt yet again. But whether whether he will be the Rossi we knew back in the golden days, I'm not 100% sure that will be the case. I think we'll see peaks of performance. Um, but the, the competition there, you know, out there, man, is going to be incredible. So We're also going to see peaks. We're going to see him shine, you know, every now and then. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, expect him to be to be up on the podium every single race. Or, no, you know, no, 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 no. It's. I mean, don't forget the guys that are going to be out there on track with him that are half his age. Or you know, it's. I'm sorry to say that, but it is a factor that you know comes into play because in terms of the recovery time, in terms of having back-to-back races, in terms of the fear of injury, because that is a very real thing when you haven't crashed. 
you don't fear it. Once yeah. you've had an injury that takes long to heal, that's something that you know plays in the back of your mind uh, a little bit. You know the the funny thing about Rossi, if you watch it, and I and I always when he was at the uh, the press conference in, in Austin, I was always asking him about you know age and how does he feel. And the funny thing about it is he performed better at, at, at the hot tracks than he did at the other track. Because I would think with heat and being older that that would eventually just wear him down. And he did well at Jerez in race number two. You know, he gave Maverick everything he wanted. I mean, Maverick couldn't keep <laughs> up with him for a while, remember? And he couldn't breathe. Maverick said he couldn't breathe because Rossi was on it and he made that mistake. But Rossi could have had a podium. I mean, he could have he could have easily gotten second at that race, man. He was wearing Vinales' ass out. So, and it's weird because yeah. at, at, the, at the hot tracks, you would think, and then that would be his downfall, but he actually does better there. I think in the last couple of years, Rossi has upped his game in terms of the training and his preparation, his physical preparation. He, I don't think he let, lets anyone know, like on social media, what he does, like other writers might show, you know, their routines of what they're working out, you know, what they do um, in terms of training. But I think he's secretly keeping it very hush-hush and training um, in a different way um, to be able to handle those as well as he does. And I think that's very much the case because, yes, age is a factor, but I think preparation, and if you have that, that endurance, you can train. I mean, you, you know that. You, you train. I see you on social media. You train. You cycle. You know, you do your workouts. And it's something that, you know, you know, someone can be half your age, but if they don't train the same way you do, then they won't have the same endurance. So. No, that's why I look I'm like I'm. 20, that's why I look like I'm 25, and I, you know, I look like I'm, I'm an incredible athlete. I probably do the Tour de France next year just for fun. But that's, it's not about yeah. me right now. It's not about me right now. How about? Love <laughs> <laughs> it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, but okay, uh, just Addy, uh, just top of your head, is has Aprilia got it down yet on what the hell they're doing? Have they? I don't think so. Like, I, I honestly uh, thank don't you. think thank you. what the thought process is behind in terms of the management. I don't know what the process, process is. I mean, they were backing up uh, Yanone until, you know, the official decision came about, uh, which sort of dragged, you know, it, it affected the performance of the team last season uh, yes. in terms of the, you know, the mentality and the, the morale in the team because they don't know what's going to happen. You know, you need, you need to make a decision, man. You need, you, need, you need to help your crew out. You need to help them, you know, be able to concentrate and work towards a goal and not say, well, well, we have Bradley, but maybe we'll have uh, Salvadori. It's like, no, guys, you need to focus. You need to give the team a goal. You need to, you know, regroup and, and make sure that you're going in the same direction and you're not pulling them in different ways. Um, different writers, different writing styles. You need to be able to let the crew, you know, do their job the best way they can. Um, because it's not just a matter of getting one guy on one bike. It's like you need to work together towards the same direction. And, and Aprilia right now seems to be all over the place. I mean, they seem lost. I mean, they seem like a lost kid in a grocery store. I mean, I, I mean, this is the thing, right? I do believe. I mean, Alej is the pillar in which you know he's been he's been with them the longest. But then at the same time, they've appreciated having Bradley Smith and, we know, with his knowledge in terms of, you know, developing the bike. So they see value in him. But at the same time, you know, they have him have most of the season. And then towards the end, you get another guy on the bike, which is clearly not as bad. So it's like, and, and now the decision that they haven't made, because they haven't officially made a decision. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't I think don't don't get it. I think you called it best when you go, they were waiting on Ian Noni and you don't wait on somebody, man. It's like, I mean, honestly, you don't wait. I mean, you make a decision. I mean, the only way I can justify their behavior is that they did that because they had a contract in place and until he was basically banned 
mm-hmm. they would have to honor that contract and and that way they wouldn't have to sort of you know suffer any sort of like financial like consequences um and that's the only reason that i could sort of find to justify you know the how they handled that but um again that's none of my business i'm not there to judge to judge their you know the way they they handle that but uh, i was yeah i mean in t- in t- just to think you know for the crew internally it must have been you know yeah I don't think they know what the hell they're doing. I don't think they know what yeah. the hell they're doing. Yeah. And and it hurts them, and I feel bad for Elaise. Yeah. And Elaise is getting to the point, it's like, ugh, you know, like, I mean, he's doing, a, you know, a nice job, but it's like, ugh. and I think that if they would have developed it and the bike the way they should have gone or should have developed it, I mean, like, you know, he, he did some great qualifying, but we knew he wasn't going to last for the duration of the race. And with that mm-hmm. with that nucleus right there, they could have built on that. You know, I forget why. I want to say, I want to say it was Bruno, where I think Elaise qualified on the first or second row, I think. And I think they could have used that nucleus and built from that if they would have knew what the hell they were doing. But they don't. And it's like, oh, man. And it's just so frustrating to watch. It's an Italian team. And I think, and I think the reason they bought Salvadorian was because he's an Italian rider, personally, I think. I think every yeah. Ita- Italian team wants an Italian rider, which I can understand that. But I think Joe Roberts is like, you know what? I'm going to stay here in Moto2. I'm good. You know, I think Joe. And, and let's not forget, they're going through a very difficult time right now because just a few days ago, Fausto oh. the owner of the team, passed away. Oh, my God. That hurt. And that hurt me. Th- so it's it's let's not forget it's 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 Fausto's team and yeah. it's the Prelia supports it but it was Fausto's team in MotoGP so it's um yeah it, it was a it's hard. That one was hard. I mean, I took that hard. I mean, it was like I, he was a nice guy and it was like watching that happen and uh, and yeah. That was a hard one. I wish them the best. I really do. But I hope they get their shit. I hope they get their shit together. Let's put it that way. I hope they get their shit together. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay, so here we go. Without and without naming any names. Um without <laughs> okay. naming it we're gonna leave names out of it. Oh, who you know is- the thing is, right? You're putting me in the position I put riders usually in inside paths. So I'm like, oh God. Like what are you gonna throw at me? No, like what? <laughs> what like are you what? gonna throw at me? No, like I said, no names, no names involved. No names I'll never put name because okay. you got you gotta be around those guys, you know? I remember talking to Neil Hodgson. Yeah. I think Neil said something about Miller in an interview, and, and I think Miller wasn't expecting him to write it, and he did. And Neil said he saw Jack the next day, and Jack flipped him off. So I would never put you. In, I would never put you in that position. I would never. So, okay, let me see. I'm trying to think of what to. Uh, oh, without names, I'm trying to think without names, without names, without names. Oh, without names. Well, can you can you say names? Can you say names? Can you say names? Or, Ask or the, the question. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll well, tell you what. We'll start with Moto Three. Who do you think title title contender from Moto Top Three title contenders from Moto Three? Top Three ooh, 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 from Moto okay. Three. Because okay. I love Moto Three. Yes. So Darren Binder is one for me. John McPhee. Mm-hmm. And Jaume Mazia, I really like. Jaume Mazia. Okay. He's, um, Spanish rider from uh, the CEVs, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I like that. I'm going to say, from what I hear, Rusei Yamanaka is supposed to be incredible. They say he didn't really get his bearings about him last year, but once he does, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Yamanaka. I'm going to say Darren Bender. I think Bender's going to get it down. And ah, for some reason, I'm cheating here. I'm cheating right <laughs> now. Look at, I'm going to say Pedro Acosta. I like Pedro Acosta. I like what Pedro Acosta did. Yes, but Pedro's going to be a rookie. There's going to be a few tracks that he doesn't know, so I'm not sure he's going to be able to fight yet for the title because bear in mind, most of the guys that are going to be alongside him on that grid have a lot of experience. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's but, true. But 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 he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Along with Xavier Xavier uh, Artig- uh, Vargas, 
I like him. Uh, who else? And how old is Fanati? He's like as old as me now, isn't he? I mean, seriously. How <laughs> how old is Fanati? Seriously. Fanati's been in Moto 3 since, I think I've moved twice since he's been in Moto 3. I mean, how old well, is remember, he? Remember, Fanati was in Moto 3. He went to Moto 2 and then he went back to Moto 3. Well, he had to go back to Moto 3. There, there, there was a hit. He was banned. Yeah, there, he was banned for some time. As well, he should, he's lucky to be racing. I mean, to yeah, be honest, yeah. he's he's like he's not in prison. So, and that's not, that's for real though. That's for real. He's like he's not in prison for what he did. But I hope he does well. I like uh, Sasaki. I like what Sasaki does. I think Sasaki's going to get it. Good, yeah. I think yeah. Sasaki's going to get it. And like I said, I'm cheating right now. I like what Sasaki's doing. <laughs> I think Tattoo Suzuki's going to do well. I think Suzuki's going to do well. Suzuki, Suzuki, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's finally got it. I think he finally got it, and I think he's going to do really well. And I just, man, how did it hit you emotionally? How he won um, when he won? I think it was on Marco's track, and you know, uh, yeah. How was? It? I mean, did it hit you in the fields too? I think I cried on that one too. Every time I've interviewed Paolo Simoncelli, Marco's dad, and Mizano uh, ahead of a race, I've gotten goosebumps, and it's hard uh, when you speak with him not to feel um you know just imagine whatever he could be feeling you know and the thing is and 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 kudos to him because he's carrying on a legacy he is still in racing after after suffering such a loss you know and yes. uh, the passion that he shared with his son he is is making him carry on um in life and and yeah it's it's impressive to see him there that you know he still has that same passion and same drive and he treats as though his riders like they're his own yeah, they love him. They love him. He might. He reminds me of my dad. You can see him cussing Suzuki out, but he loves him. You know what I mean? And and when he won, he yeah. definitely won for him. And I, that's what the thing about GP I love is that emotion. That is real. That is real yeah. passion. That is real. There's nothing ar- ar- artificial about that. When, no. when when Fabio's pissed off and he shows it through his helmet. Remember last year? Uh, the, the, not last year. Year before in Jerez. Remember when the bike seized up on him and he cried? Remember they had to come comfort him. Remember that? Oh my god. I mean, you can't you can't script that. I mean, that's real raw emotion. That's what I love about GP. So, okay. So, how about Moto 2? Who's your uh, top 3 for Moto 2? Okay, so this is the thing. Sam Lowe should be the title contender for this year. He should be probably the man to beat because the guys that were, you know, fighting for the title are now rookies in Moto GP. So, he's the man. He's the one who has to, to set the bar this season. So, Yeah. Um, and if you and if he didn't get hurt, if he didn't get hurt in what was that race? Was it Valencia when he hurt his hand and he tried to race? Oh man, that hurt me to watch. But yeah, I, I say Sam Lowe's, but I'm gonna say Marco Bezecchi. I'm gonna say Bezecchi, Joe Roberts. I'm gonna say Bezecchi, Joe Roberts, and uh, for some reason, my wild card, Tony Arbolino. Oh, Tony. I love yeah. Tony. I, it, they they say this guy is when he gets it, 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 it it's gonna be it's gonna be his. When he gets it, it's gonna be his. Bear in mind, he is a rookie, and Moto Two is is not the easiest class. It's so easy <sighs> to get lost in the shuffle in yes. the intermediate class. Is like you said, you know, when you were talking about Fabi's, like, oh, you know, you, you said you couldn't, you could barely hear his name, and then all of a sudden he got that seat in Moto GP class. Like, it, it's so easy to get lost in the shuffle. So Tony is a good shout. Um, I still think Sam has the highest chances of, of winning that title. I think that Zeki, because he's no longer a rookie, and he, you know, he 
he has that drive in him. I think Jake Dixon could do something very, very interesting. Yes, yes. I think I think it's going to be between Jake and Lowe's, personally. Jake Lowe's and Baseki. I'm telling you, I like uh, Baseki. You know why? It's the passion they showed in Moto3. And Arbelino last year, when I think they messed up in qualifying, and, you know, he had to miss that race because of COVID, and so they put him behind. And he wasn't in. He wasn't even COVID positive. He was on a flight. He's on a flight. He was a COVID positive person. Two rows behind him. Yes. So, and the fact that he never gave up, he raced his ass off in Aragon. He did what it took until the very last. He fought to the very end, and the way he fought and and clawed, and he did everything it took, and he just came up short. And I'll go, this kid's a champ. But Zeki, the same way in Moto 3. Remember, he cried. He was, when he didn't make it, he cried, and the camera's on him, man, and they like shielded the camera away from him. And I was like, this kid, to me, that's the passion I want in a rider. And I'm telling you, but Zeki this year, along with Dixon and Lowe's, and I'm going to yeah. say uh, Roberts. Not because he's American. I just think Roberts has a nice, I think Roberts has a nice, uh, he, he's with the defending champion team, defending championship team. Uh, so yeah, I think, yeah, so I think Roberts, but yeah, I got to go with Lowe's and Dixon, Lowe's, Dixon, and watch out for Arbolino and Bazeki. And Bezeki. So, <laughs> so let's let's go to GP. Let's go to GP. Who do you have for GP? And it's funny we talked about him, but we didn't talk about him. And that's the King. How mm. do you think the King's going? When the King comes back, if he comes back, how do you think he'll do? I think he'll be back. Okay, so if he comes back, who do you, who do you, who he'll do you have? He'll be back, but he he needs to get to get his feeling back with the bike. You know, um, bear in mind he hasn't been back on the bike for months now. Um, so, and, and even if at some point he gets the test, you know, it'll be a road bike. It won't be like, it will be a street bike, not his MotoGP bike. So very different. Um, but he still needs to get that feeling back and then get back, you know, to being competitive. Um, but I think he will be back. Not trivial. He'll, he'll be there at the very beginning of the season, but he'll be back. Uh, top, th- top three, it's Vanessa. It's going to be a tough Come on. one. It's, Come on. Come on, Vanessa. Come on. Make a decision. It's going to be a tough one. Come on, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, That's what what I do, Vanessa. That's what I do. That's what I do. Come on. You know, it's it's harder to call them Moto 3 and Moto 2, to to be honest, because the level is incredible. Uh, I think Mead is definitely going to be there. I think Jack's going to be in the fight. I think Alex Rins is going to be super hungry for that title, too. Okay. Um, Fabio. Yes. Yes. But like you, you called it though. He's got the pressure, and will it, I mean he's, he has the, that pressure. So he's got the factory ride. I think the Suzukis are going to be clear title contenders. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, quit being a politician and give me the top three. <laughs> I can't, man. I can't. I'm Prime, Prime Minister days. Carlotta. Prime Minister Carlotta. Come on, quit stalling. <laughs> give me the top three. Come on, make a stand. Make a stand. You know, how you ladies tell oh, us either man. shit or get off the pot. I want you. To, come on. Top three. Okay, top three. Top three and, doesn't matter the order. This is they're not in order. Oh um, God, here we go with this. Here we go with this. Yes. So <laughs> Mirmor Videli and Rins are gonna be there. But I don't know what no, actually no, and Jack. my top four are there. Those are my top four for the season. Not in that order precisely. It could be Mi- any order. Mir, Morbidelli, Rins, Mir. And oh, Jack. No, Jack. And Jack. So Mir, Morbidelli, Jack. My top four. Not in that order. Okay. Those, those, that would be my top four. That's your top four. Your? My top four, Marquez, Miller. Marquez, Miller, 
got to go with the defending champion, Mir. He's just so smooth. And, 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 uh, and Morbidelli. I think Morbidelli over Fabio. I think Morbidelli's got a smooth approach. I think between those two, ooh, that's almost a tie. You know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to be Marquez, Miller, uh, Marquez, Miller, and I'm going to take Morbidelli and Fabio over Mir. What about so, Mir? That's what I'm saying. It's a tough decision, but I'm going to take those over the defending champion. I think Fabio, because Fabio raced him so tough last year, and I don't know what the deal was. Maybe it's the pressure, but I'm going to say Fabio. So I'm going to say Marquez, Miller, Fabio, no, Morbidelli, Fabio. Those four. Mir, fifth. Me, I know. Defending champion, I know. I bet, but I'm making a stand, Vanessa. That's okay, what you do. Okay, no, That's I, what you do. I like, I like your selection, but I'll switch Rins for Fabio. You, okay. Oh, oh, so now you want to switch. See, I gave you the chance, but somebody stood on the fence. See, I made that decision is what I did. That's what I did. I made it to, that's the top four right there. Because I, 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 like I said, man, Mark is from a different cloth. I don't know when he comes back, but when he does come back, and I said it in my one article I write, daddy's home and he's got the keys. And, and that's the way I feel about it. Bear in mind, bear in mind, we're not going to Austin in the beginning of the season. We're not going to Argentina, which are two tries that are very favorable to him. So we're not going to go there. And we don't know yet what's going to happen in Thailand. And so, actually, yeah, we are. It, it is scheduled for the end of the season. Um, but, you know, Marta has always been super comp- uber competitive first half of the season, you know, because they're tracks that he really enjoys, you know, so left-handers, uh, more left-handers than right-handers. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's, it's just Marquez, man. I mean, I don't care what you throw at him. You could throw a, a track he hadn't raced on before at night with no with, with no night lights, and he'd still find a way to win. You could put a flashlight on that, that bike. Because he hasn't, he hasn't ridden at Portima with a MotoGP bike. He has with a Moto2, but not with a MotoGP. He'll still find a way. You watch. I mean, champions yeah. find a way, and that's what that's what the, he's probably studying it now. We don't know what he's done. <laughs> he's probably studying it now. I mean, that's just what he does, man. He's a different. He's just a different breed. Okay, who's the surprise rider? MotoGP. The surprise rider this year, MotoGP. That it'd be anybody. It'd be a veteran or rookie. The surprise rider of MotoGP this year. Surprise rider. Surprise rider. I think it's going to be one of the rookies, the ones that's going to surprise us the most. Um, you going to go with Martin? I'm, I'm on the fence between Martin and Bastianini. Like they, they, I'm really on the fence with them because the rest of them, I mean, Marini, for whatever reason, I don't feel he's going to take to the class as fast. Yeah, but yeah, I feel I, that. I think, I think Bastianini and Martin will. Yeah, so that's going to be the surprise for you, a tie between yeah. uh, Bastianini and Martin. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think the surprise for me will be definitely is going to be uh, Jorge Martin with a, I'm going to say, mm, I'm going to say Zarco. I'm going to say Zarco also. Because I think Zarco's going to feel that, like, oh, you think he's better than me? And, you know, they kind of, you know, like I said, it's just that the way they were talking to him with Zarco there is like the kind of disrespect, and hopefully he'll use that. So I got the surprise for me be Jorge Martin and then Zarco. So I think the Primac team, period. Okay, so I'm just checking. Um, he's gonna so Martin's gonna have Daniele Romagnol, Romagnoli as his crew chief, and mm. Zarco has Marco Rigamonti. They're both crew chiefs with a lot of experience. They're in good hands, man. They they have a very good crew. Okay. Um, mm. I mean, Zarco's gonna clearly lead in the team, but I think Jorge's gonna adapt really fast. Okay. Who's going to be the uh, 
uh, man, I hate to say this, like maybe the, uh, a disappointing, t- a drop off, a drop off. And I don't mean in that bad way, but you can see them having a drop off. Like, hmm. That's such a mean one, man. Like, it is kind of, but I feel, and I'm, I'll go first because sometimes. I, you, I, I don't know how the marriage between the KTM and Petrucci is going to be. I don't that's know. It. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. I Petrucci and, and uh, Iker, Lucchiano, I think that team, although their bikes are beautiful. Those bikes are, be- the, I call them the Halloween bikes. They are beautiful. They're orange and black. I mean, they are beautiful. But, yeah, I feel that way with them. And, I, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong on the prediction when it comes to, like, somebody having an off year. I want to be wrong. I want, I want every one of those guys to prove me wrong. But I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, yeah, that team. I just... And I like I said, I hope I'm wrong, but yeah. But I, I'm interested to see this year how Miguel Oliveira does in Portimao. I mean, can he pull that off again, what he did that last race? Oh, my God. That was a masterpiece. Um, I think he can. think so? I think so. Okay. And why is that? Why? Why? Yeah. Because he, he, he's someone. Okay, so this is the thing. He got the poll. He got the win. Home Grand Prix, first time ever for anyone in the Mercedes has to ride in Portimao. Uh, that kind of confidence, plus being at home, is just gonna, you know, it's that momentum that you that you know that you have. Uh, and if he has on top of that his home crowd, yes, he oh. would explode there. It's gonna be the third race of the season, so we won't have people at the track. We won't have fans at the track. But I think it's very possible. It depends on how well he adapts to the new crew. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think it's good. okay. How do you how do you think? He Bender's already gonna... has the settings, man. He already has like a lot, you know. Already, you know, the work done from last year. Yeah, oh, I think like, it's going to be great. Not supposed to change that much, so you know, the, the job's already you know part of it's done. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Who's the most fun you've ever had on Inside Pass? The best, the most fun rider you've ever uh, had, had uh, fun playing with on Inside Pass. I think I think you and Marquez have a great synergy. I love watching you guys <laughs> together. Y'all y'all really do. You guys are like brother and sister, man. Y'all are fun. Yeah. So I say Marquez, but who, yeah, who who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Uh, I've had good fun with Mark, obviously with Paul Espargaro, with Jack Miller, but though he loves to take the piss, absolutely <laughs> loves seeing the piss out of me. Um, he does. He does. Uh, see, he is maturing though. He's getting a bit more serious now. Yeah. Or okay. So it seems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But Paul's always a really good sport. Yeah, he um, seems like it. He seems like it. He seems like it. But the most fun, like, last, like, if you watch the the Australian Grand Prix vlog uh, from 2019, I mean, Paul just cracked me up because I did the <laughs> blindfold challenge. Yes. And then in Japan, uh, also 2019 with the the chili and the sweet. Like, yes, I remember that one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean... It was, it, you know. Okay. I mean, the, the, Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul and Mark take the cake. Is, is your job as fun as we think it is? Is it as fun as we think it is? Do you think it's fun? I think you look like, I mean, I'm envious. I mean, not in a bad way. I'm just like, you know what I mean? I, I love bikes so much. And knowing you, I'm so happy for you. But it looks like it's a, I mean, you're doing motorcycles. You're talking to GP riders. And you're doing fun stuff with them. So it looks like it's a lot of fun. But is it as fun as, you th- as, as we think it is? It's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of preparation and work that goes into it for it to look fun and to be fun. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and, you know, we need to make sure that they have fun, too. 
you know, because if, if you've seen them at Media Scrubs, you know, they have like, uh, you know, they have a line of 10 TVs asking the same questions over and over again. So we try to, you know, spice things up, you know, ask different questions, uh, make them shine, like you said earlier, and that that's our job. And in order to do that, you need to have the right setup. Right. And um, so we, you need to line that up for them to have some fun. <laughs> okay. Who Has there ever been a rider who you could just tell didn't really want to do it? I mean, I know one already that he's not even on a GP anymore, but has there been a rider that you uh, that, that you could tell uh, that, 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 that this is the last thing they wanted to do? Like they had a really sour attitude? Yeah. Andrea Iannone was one that... No, that's the one I talked about. Yeah. Enjoy oh. the format. He was one that was like, uh, I have better things to do in my life. Like, instead of just taking it, you know, and enjoying it, he was just like, ah, this is not for me. And, you know, it's, it's I can respect that, you know, it's not for everyone. <clears throat> Well, you could well now he's got a lot of uh, time to do what you know that what, what what's in it for him now. He's got a lot of time, a lot of time, because he's got a GP, and that is a shame. Also, he did that to himself, but that was a damn shame. But do you think that do you think that penalty was too much? I mean, I, I think it was because he he appealed the first one, and they were like, "Oh, really?" And I think it was that was almost piling on, if you ask me, personally. I mean- I think had he not appealed, like you said, maybe he would have gotten a, a lighter sentence and mm-hmm. he maybe could have come back. But still, had he been banned for four years or two years, like, you know, you, you know, out of sight, out of mind sort of a thing, and in racing, because there's so much young talent coming up, you know, I'm not sure he would have had a seat, even if he had just had, you know, a two or four year ban. Um in in a way, I understand the FIM. I you know they need to send a clear message to the young generations. Like if you do that, you're gonna get punished, and right. we're not messing around. So, was it really tough? Yes. Was it necessary? Uh, you need to teach the young generations. And like you said, he did it to himself. Nobody forced him. Right. 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 Okay. And that you need being- to set precedent for the young ones. That's the thing. That's true. And so, but, but speaking of that and being absent. Do you really think Dobie's going to come back next year, or there will there'll be a possibly a seat for him? I mean, with all well, like like, hope, like you said, with all I this young talent, with all this young talent around, I mean, I just can't see them going. Okay, we're going to have a room for a thirty-five-year-old rider, even though he's a MotoGP rider, a thirty-five-year-old rider to come in and help us. I mean, he's going to want to win a championship. He's going to come back just to you know go mid-pack. He's going to want to be with a contender, and you know, you've seen the youth movement in GP. So, do you think that he's really going to come back? Yes or no. Yes or no? I would, I would love for him to come back. I'm not sure there'll be a place for him. So I'm, yes, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure there'll be a ride uh, in terms of the contracts uh, because I think everyone has pretty much a two-year deal. Uh, not all of them, but you know, pretty much everything. Like Mark's locked in for four seasons. Uh, most of them have two-year contracts. Some of them are on their last year of their contract. So, but I'm not sure if the bikes that are going to become available are going to be interested to him. Because just, he has been offered, you know, he's had the yeah. chance to go to Aprilia, and he said no. He's he has been asked to be a test rider for for Honda, and he kind of has declined that. Um, that I know, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, I've heard rumors, but I'm, you know, nothing confirmed. Right. So, I mean, it, to be so secure in your, you know, in your own thoughts that you know you decide to cut yourself off because. For example, Bradley Smith, he, he was very smart about it because he became the test rider for Aprilia. And then the second, you know, that they needed, you know, someone to, to jump, jump on the bike, he was ready. He, he, you know, he maintained his fitness and the racer mentality. And, and he was, you know, he was ready for that chance when, when, it, when it came up. So um, 
it's I think it's a waste of talent, you know, the fact that he's not on the grid. It, it's a shame that Ducati him couldn't find a, a compromise to keep them. Yeah, I read what he and Gigi did really didn't get along. It was ugly. Man, that was ugly, you know. But I mean, it's human. It, but yeah. BT, it's human. You know, not everyone gets along, you know. Not everything is, you know, is rosy. You know, it's it's life. You don't get along with everyone. I don't get along with everyone. You don't get along with anyone. You you seem like you get along with everybody. Are there people that don't like you? Are there people that don't like you? For sure, for sure. Like like who? Come like I, no name, but who? Who who doesn't get along with you? Who? Who? Uh, people that don't like me i guess people that uh, you know there's people that don't then understand why i'm you know in the industry or why i'm doing the job that i am or you know that it should be a man instead of me i mean i've had those comments before really where, um, really yeah. by, by who yeah. other men by men or women by men men Men. Of course, of course, yeah. because they're jealous. You know why? Because you do your thing, baby, because you're one of the best at what you do. And they think you're just a pretty face. But what you guys don't know is I rode in the car with this lady from Madrid to Valencia and she schooled me on everything MotoGP. And I was like, wow, I need to shut up right now. So she does know what she's doing. She's one of the best at what she does, what she does. So anybody talking that needs to stop that because Vanessa Carlotta, you are one of the best. And I mean, it from the bottom of my heart. And no, I mean that. And you helped me out today because, like I said, I had somebody else, uh, my other guest, seriously, my other guest fell ill. And I was at the gym. I go, oh, no. I was at the gym going, what do I do? What do I do? And I go, you know what? MotoGP. And I go into my Instagram feed and I knew they were testing. I go, MotoGP testing. I go, Vanessa. For some reason, I go, Vanessa. That's the first thing I thought of. Because MotoGP, you know what I mean? And so you were so gracious. And I just want to thank you so much. It's so good to talk MotoGP. I love all my guests who aren't GP, but. You know, GP is just in my heart. It, it's in my heart like you are. I just love GP, and I love talking GP, which I can do that all day long. So I want to say thank you so much for coming on and making this entertaining, and we could talk you know, intellectually. And it's National Women's Month, too. I don't know if it's over there, but Women's Month. And so I, so yeah. you're, yeah, so how, how about that? You're my first guest on National Women's Month. How about that? That shows what I do. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored. I, I'm honored. Honestly, anytime I get a chance to see you, it, it's always my pleasure. I mean, it from the bottom of my heart. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Well, thank you, and it's always great to you know to help out a friend, um, and especially when you're so passionate about MotoGP. Oh, man, you have no idea. You have no idea. I have a picture of Rossi above my bed, like I'm eight <laughs> years old. I have a picture of Rossi above my bed, like I'm eight years old. You think I'm joking? I'll, I'll send I'll send you a picture so, just so you know that I'm not just saying this. And, and yeah, you're like, how old is this guy? And <laughs> seriously, if you saw my room and you didn't know how old it was, you go, so is this kid like a senior in high school? Like, no, it's a grown ass man. I mean, I really am. I have a picture of Rossi, like I'm a high school senior. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, man. Anything else you want to plug, baby? Anything else you want to plug? Um, yeah, I mean, there's two seasons, two uh, preseason episodes of Inside Pass coming up, so make sure to watch them because they're going to be pretty special. They're going to be very different to what you've seen before um, because it's going to be take place outside of the racetrack, and you're going to see the riders, uh, two of them, because I've done four riders. And the first episode is going to be a bit of a lockdown-ish, but the second one is going to be the riders at their hometowns and their own elements. And um, we're going to get some pretty cool insights, so watch them. I look forward to it. Inside Pass with Vanessa Carlotta. You can taste it on YouTube or Red Bull TV. Guys, thank you so much, Vanessa. I appreciate you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, viewers, for watching Tales from a Gemini with BT. And like I say around this time, peace.